right, here we go. Snow Jobs Nation, episode 40 of the Snow Jobs podcast, powered by Top Gun Backblades, is coming at you. As always, I'm Steve. Talk to the juice box guy. That's right, and I'm joined by my main man, the legend, the Rick James of snow management. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. One of the best singers and one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. That's right, Mr. Jeremy Lindstrom is along for the ride. What's up, Jay? Oh, not a lot. Not a lot. How about you there, Steve? Not much shaking oh, over here. Not much. Busy day, right? This is our second recording of the day. Yes, sir. It's a Saturday recording, I guess. We're doing I know. Night, we're missing all the now. football. Yeah, night shift. Yeah, we did a day yeah. one, and now we're on the uh, night night game of the doubleheader. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's costing Jeremy some time in the uh, in the football world, college football. He's got how many no, games you not. got on right now? No, it's not cost me anything. There, it's on my TV in my office. I got four. <laughs> well, I'm watching four games here. It's all right. Nice. We're, nice. we're, good. we're good. You got a push, right? You got a push last week. Yeah, we put up. Uh, we did a push. Uh, was was it Monday? I don't know. Whatever day it was. Yeah, it was last week. It was. It was just nice to get the guys. And we started out with something, and then we. It was blowing like a mother, like it always does here. So it felt like it was the dead of winter. It was just temperature dropped, and it was cold as shit. And so we pulled the salters and just figured we'd push the shit off first. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to get – we got quite a few guys. Well, not everybody, but we got a majority of them out. And, yeah, get the guys' feet wet. It was pretty fun. It, is it windy in Fargo in the summer, or does the wind just save itself for the winter and start kicking? Uh, it's windy 24-7-365 here, bud. Okay. Uh, you guys have no mountains. Yeah. Nothing to break up the wind. Nah, you really should start a kite store or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever's going to make you money, brother. Yeah. No oh, doubt. man. So what do we have today? Today we finally have Outdoor Pride in the house. That's right. ODP is with us to do a full episode. They've been big supporters of the show since day one. They've let Mike come on and do a bunch of stuff with us, and uh, we really appreciate that. We we wanted to give them an episode to, uh, you know, basically promote their business. They are a first class organization, and we're glad to have uh, have these guys here today. Uh, we've wanted to do it for a really long time, so glad we were able to hook this up. <laughs> what? I'm um, just watching Mike eat his Chinese food. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ODP. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just a sweet initial. You know, he's like, it is. It is. You could you could do the naughty by nature takeoff. There Hell you go. Yeah. The OPP song, ODP. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, they've been super supportive of what we've been doing with the show in both spirit and in the flesh. You know, Mike's done, God, everything for us. He did dustings. He just did a webinar the other night. So, uh, you know, it's great to have them as uh, resources that they can come on and share their expertise and share the way ODP does it. Uh, they're a fantastic company, and we're happy to be able to pay them back for uh, all they've done for us. And we have Mike and Jacob Howard today. They're on with us to represent both branches, both states of ODP. But before we get into that, let's hear from Top Gun and get our weekend review done. Back in 30. You should be proud of what you've built. You're a fantastic small business owner. You've become a relentless problem solver. You meticulously planned out your winter routes and estimated service times. You certainly know where all the manhole covers are. But for the first time in a long time, you've got a new dilemma on your hands. Do I go home early or do I take on more sites and get that money? It's hard to say no to that extra fat paycheck. Since you added the new Top Gun backblade to your fleet, you're completing your whole route in nearly half the time. It's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. What do I do? Longer coffee breaks? Call my mom? Quick snooze? Suddenly I've got options. 
Find us on Instagram at Top Gun Backblades or Google us. Welcome to Team Top Gun. All right, we're back. So we had a really busy week last week, gang. A good portion of our listeners saw their first flakes and got either a small push or at least a salting out of it. So it is here, guys. Uh, winter is uh, is here for some of us and, and definitely on its way for the rest of us. So we wish everybody out there in Snow Jobs Nation a profitable, damage-free, and safe winter. Uh, keep DMing us your pictures and your video clips uh, of you guys out there doing it on Instagram, and uh, we'll get them in our reels that we make. What else did we do? We dropped Anthony Mann's episode last week, and you guys have all been crushing that. So, uh, you know, it's another popular guy, tells it how it is, very little filter. You know, we love that. So we love Anthony, and we're glad we could get him on there with us. What else did we do, Jay? We also welcomed the big dog himself, Jordan Smith, back for another Dustings episode that we dropped on Friday. Uh, Jordan took us... Yeah, he, he was good, right? He took us He's through all the basic good. questions of uh, yep. how to answer what to how to equip a site, basically, for snow fighting purposes, what you need on a site. So did you uh, learn anything from uh, in the glacier world, Jay, from him? Oh, yeah. I always learn stuff from Jordan. He, he's very knowledgeable. Yeah, I learned I have too many machines per acre. I don't that's know about the, that. That's, that's what I, I mean, I think, yeah, we, according to his numbers, probably do too, but not really when it comes down to it. No, because I mean, your shit could change on a dime, right? The wind kicks up from a different direction. You're pushing everything back to the left that you just pushed to the right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is left. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, that was great. And we thank Jordan for doing that. A lot of guys have been telling us how helpful that episode was for him. So, uh, you know, Jordan's always got a lot of knowledge to share. Uh, He's just a, a... you know, he's a titan, right? You call him a titan. Put him in that class oh, yeah. in the industry, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, if he just open up a little bit more and show <laughs> a few more secrets, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's very, he's very tight, to, close to the vest. Everything yeah. he doesn't want to yeah. share any information, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh my god, he's one of the best. Yeah, he's he not is. That he wants to help everybody out and make the industry better. So, he, you know, what else he can does. he ask for? He does, and he's yeah, he's a he's a giver. So you know, we're we're very lucky that he likes us, likes the show, and is willing to uh, you know to improve our content that we can put out. So it's it's great for everybody involved. Yep. We also recorded a special last week, uh, actually today, uh, yep. earlier today, which will drop on when did we say we were going to drop it? Uh, Friday, thir- Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. So we're going to drop it Thursday in the place of dustings, uh, but. A very brave weather company came on with us to explain how they do what they do and tell us why their job is harder than we think. So we want yeah. to thank Rob and Nick from the Weather Pros for giving us the time and uh, for being so cool about our near constant verbal assaults on the weather people. <laughs> yeah, they took it. Yeah, they, they did. They, take they weren't it. afraid. They weren't afraid to come on, and yeah, it was great. They're great guys. They were fun, um, as you're going to hear on the on the show. Everybody go and get your free trial. I mean, that's that's great to have that free trial. Check them out. They're willing to give it to you for little bit so yeah we want like at least 150 guys signed up for the free trial we told yeah. him we we think we'd be what what did we what was the over under i don't even I think remember he, he picked like 60 i said at 120 you picked yeah. what 80 thank god uh, nick was like 125 so yeah let's get everybody to let's inundate them with uh with the weather absolutely with, uh, yeah so everybody go to weatherpros.com get your free trial from wait, them and well, see if it works for you guys what's up not until after the show not until, know, after not, not yeah, until yeah. after the show. Not until after Thursday. 
Remember? Yeah. We're counting that, after Thursday. That, yeah, they're counting after Thursday. So Thursday night, you know, everybody go uh, get your free demo from Weather Pros and see if it works for you guys. It's uh, it's pretty – there's a lot of value for what they give you uh, for yeah. their prices. So and free uh, is free. Free is free. Why and not? free is free. There's uh, you know, nothing to be uh, nothing to be lost for trying it out. Um, but all kidding aside, I mean, they gave it right back to us a couple times, and it was a lot of fun to do that with them. Uh, so a lot of good information in that that episode to help snow pros out there figure out their needs as far as weather predicting, stuff like that. And it he, they actually gave us a lot of technical information about how they do what they do and how yeah. they come up with a forecast out of all those crazy ass models. And he even got a new term. I mean, I'm, I'm I can't wait for this new sidewinder to come up. Sidewinder, yep. Sidewinder, the, the dry the, slot, the wraparound, and yeah, now the sidewinder. Sidewinder, <laughs> holy shit! It's I mean, wow. Hashtag sidewinder. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so make sure you check out that product profile episode with the weather pros. It drops on Thursday. What else? Uh, Robert from RD Outdoors said he should be getting his mammoth back this week. They uh, have apparently fixed the controller issue on his salt spreader, uh, and uh, that should be back this week. So we'll keep you posted on that one. Well, I don't know. I still think they should put it on a on a Brian system. They really should. You're I mean, absolutely right. How much was he doing? He was down pretty much all last winter. I mean, yeah. he lost all that downtime. Yeah, it's fine. They're going to fix it, but they only fixed it because we hammered him. So yeah, you're give right. The guy, give the guy a bone. I mean, he's, he's going balls deep in the brine. Let him, you know, set the system up. And yeah, Arian is. Yeah, he is Mister Liquids Northeast now, Arian. So you should really throw the free brine kit on to uh, compensate him for his troubles, because uh, that was a little ridiculous. But uh, yeah, what else did we do? We did a Snow Jobs Nation webinar last Wednesday. That was awesome. We had uh, the same guy we have tonight, Mike Santalucito from Outdoor Pride, showed everybody how to plan out their sites using site photos and build, how to build extremely detailed maps with it. So that webinar was awesome, and it's also up on our YouTube page as well if you missed Wednesday. So The Snow Jobs Podcast on YouTube, and you can find that, and we'll start posting a couple of those webinars here and there, but not all of them because we still actually want you guys to come to the webinars and hang out. All right, so a huge thank you to Mike for sharing with us uh, and everybody that was in there just raved about that. So that was great. Snow Jobs Nation merch is flying off the shelves, guys. We want to thank all of you who already bought yours. All right. Those of you who haven't yet, get your shit together and hit the store. (laughs) All right. Jeremy is fulfilling. He's fulfilling all the orders. So every item you buy is touched by the legend himself. It's like getting a package from God. All right. Yeah. Maybe start should I autograph some stuff. Just random you autographs. You should. Guys, in the uh, comments section with your order, just request an autograph and he will autograph it. All right. You want the yeah, hat autograph? I got some paint markers right here in my office. <laughs> gold gold or silver. What do you want? What do you want? There you go. Oh shit. So seriously though, head over to the website or go to snowjobsnationstore.com and get your stuff. Jeremy, did I miss anything from our busy last week? No, no. I think, what are we doing this week? Oh, well, we got a recording this week with the dirt bags on Wednesday. We do, right? Yeah, we got to do yeah. the, the, the douche bags on uh, Wednesday night there. <laughs> the right. yeah. What'd they call us? The blowjobs? So that right back so. at you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be fun. We'll hammer that. That should be that should be a lot of fun. Although I don't know who these industry experts they speak of are that are coming on the show with us. They said they were having two snow industry experts. Who are these guys? I think Mike and Jordan are after us. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense because I'm like, who are you talking about? That is not us. At least it's not me. Yeah. Maybe you. Maybe you. All right. Well, I think well, uh, I think more, that's it more, then. Right? More, oh, what else? Oh, what else? Sean had a baby girl, remember? Yes, he did. Sean from Native Snow, New Jersey, had the baby. His wife had the well. His wife had the baby. Sean, <laughs> he looks he looks pregnant, but he wasn't. <laughs> he, his wife actually had the baby. So congratulations to Sean and his wife, uh, and best of luck with the new baby girl. Uh, Mitchell had knee surgery, right? At least he did he cut you think he cut himself just to you know I don't that's to say I don't he was on crutches but he could have been he could have been faking it. I don't know. Just to I, play the whole play the whole thing out. I know. It's hard to tell. I don't know. Yeah. He but this hey, could have been his plan all along to get out of going to equip. Yeah. Hey, I got to go to his shop. It was kind of fun. I got to see mainly got to see Aaron. Aaron and Aaron is good and the other Mitchell, he was good. And then regular Mitchell was there too, but Aaron's always awesome. Aaron's oh, yeah. Aaron's great guy. Oh man, I think that's it. All right. Yep. Well, let's hear from our awesome sponsors, Muskox and Hilltip, and we will be back with you in 60 to hear from ODP. Hey guys, Steve here. We're always looking for ways to save on labor and increase safety for our people. Last year I purchased a game-changing snowblower from my company that does just that. It's called the Muskox. Patented back drag feature and design lets us get right up to our HOA garage doors and tight spots, clean them all right down to the pavement without scratching. This beast can also scrape hard pack going forward if you need it to. It's truly a dual threat blower. Give Muskox a call. Their staff are extremely knowledgeable and have been amazing with us. Muskox, snowblowers that back drag. Hilltip's patented line of ice striker spreaders and spray striker sprayers are revolutionizing the winter services industry. Equipped with our H-Track system, contractors can see exactly how much material is being applied anywhere on a customer's property. Work sites can be geofenced and assigned to a controller so that the correct amount of material is always applied. A two-way GPRS communication channel allows for remote adjustment of a machine's settings from any device anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit www.hilltipna.com. All right, gang, we're back. So let's not waste any more time, all right? Let's welcome in Michael Santalucito and Jake Howard of Outdoor Pride to the show. Guys, welcome aboard. How are we? Fantastic. Hey, guys. I'm it took doing us good. a little bit. Good. took us a little bit. Jacob was having some mic problems, had to break into another office to access another computer, but uh, we're rolling now. Glad to have you guys. Yeah, Glad thanks for here. having me. No problem. Jeremy, you want to take us away, bud? Yeah, let's go with this um, ODP. Let's tell us a little bit about OD- ODP and when you, when you guys got started and what you're all about. I know Mike, you go first, and Jake, I guess sure. you guys are two branches. So, so we got started in New Hampshire, uh, in the Manchester area, in 1988. Uh, the original owners, Mike and Dale Aquilino, they started it, and we are now a second generation company. Their son Mark has since taken over uh, about 12, 14 years ago, and we primarily are located, uh, we have two headquarters, one in Manchester, our new location that we've been at for two years in Chelmsford, Mass. Uh, we got another location for our Seacoast in New Hampshire division that's out uh, in the Dover area. And we've got a satellite location 
uh, closer to where I live down here in the South Shore in Canton, Mass. And we are one of New England's largest self-performing snow and uh, landscape management firms in the area. I, I say one of because I hate being proved wrong. So God forbid there's one other out there besides us. But um, so we were founded 88. We started off as a different name. It was Summit Industries. Uh, Mike started off with a uh, Kubota tractor and a mower and basically started with some houses and some HOAs and grew to uh, a 50-50 split when I remember uh, residential HOAs and commercial properties. We had some large commercial sites that we were supporting for snow, uh, one of which we uh, just got back, which is a really great feeling. Uh, the view wasn't as bright on the other side, as I like to say. Um, and we, uh, when Mark took over, he started by transitioning us to a more corporate platform. So we built pretty much from the ground up to be a strictly commercial firm servicing uh, anywhere from class A campuses, multi-use, medium, small, large buildings, uh, manufacturing plants, R&D facilities, government facilities. We do some stuff around uh, the New Hampshire airport. I'm not sure, Jake, I'm not sure how much we actually do there. I think we have a few more at the airport now, don't we? A few more areas that we do. Yeah. I mean, we do have a site where we actually plow the tarmac. We have to be like badged in and we, we plow around the planes and stuff for some of our shipping headquarters. No shit. Yeah. Wow. yeah that's cool. We've been doing that for, for a long time. And uh, aside from that, your, your basic distribution centers like Amazon, you know, some larger wide open zero Island, like brainless, mindless, perfect snow plowing situation like Jeremy's in. Um, what? Come on. We have lots of obstacles. They do have a lot of islands. You know, some of your videos, I haven't seen them yet. Oh, because we just drive over them. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's part for the course. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, we, we mostly specialize in snow. Most of our business is snow. We've, uh, we've since kind of grown the landscape side more because a lot of our clients, um, they like to keep everything in-house and just have one person to call. So I'd say we're probably a 60, 40 split of snow to land. And for the most part, you know, we service uh, some colleges, some private schools as well, uh, some hospitals, you know, medical outpatient centers, uh, pretty much everything under the sun that's commercial. We'll, we'll get our hands into. We do some stuff in the city of Boston, the city of Manchester, some tighter stuff, mostly parking garages because there's really no real estate out there. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we're pretty big now. It's good. I can't really yeah, count yeah. a lot of the sites that we have. It, it's kind of cool to see because when I started down here in Mass, we only had one campus, and uh, to see it grow to this point, you know, twelve years later, it's it's really cool to see. I don't have it. I should have. I don't know why I don't have the big deal soundbite, but I don't <laughs> have it. Damn it! <laughs> Missed the perfect opportunity. Mike teed that up. So you guys yeah. don't do any residential? None. No. All commercial. We do a couple HOAs, but that's really just for the areas that are kind of maxed out for commercial space. Yep. Did you guys start residential when the business started? Yeah. 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 So everybody so. evolves towards where the money is. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So you said you basically have a lot of people that want to keep everything in house, have the same vendor for everything. What services are you guys doing besides green and snow? Like, are you doing all the intangible stuff like changing light bulbs and 
<laughs> fixtures and stuff like that and power washing? No, not yet. We uh, we partner with a lot of great firms. Most of them, uh, their employees during the downtime of the, the snow season, they come work for us operating equipment or managing sites. So we mostly do uh, landscape maintenance. We do some softscape installs. So, you know, shrub plantings, tree plantings, new beds, uh, refurbishing buildings, uh, lawns, you know, new lawn installs, irrigation uh, repairs, additions, upgrades, stuff like that. And we also, we've started to branch out into a little bit more construction stuff. We're doing some drainage now. We're doing some asphalt repairs on our own, which is kind of nice. But, you know, we, we have some great vendor partners that we use for tree work, for asphalt work, uh, drain cleaning, pressure washing buildings, parking garage repair and maintenance. We, we try and bring in the best of the best. We're all friends. We all hang out in the same circles. So, you know, we, we help each other out. We toss each other work all the time and we, we've built a really great relationship with a lot of our clients because of that. That's smart as hell. Great. That's smart as hell though. Using all those other little services that you need for these big complexes, using them in the summer and and everything and then taking their people for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely helped us grow. Cool. How about uh, anything you want to add to that, Jacob? Yeah. I mean, I'll just touch on, um, what, what we do in New Hampshire a little more specifically than what Mikey deals with. Um, our headquarters here in Manchester is where I got started. I've been here seven years now. Um, and the way I think about it with what we specialize in with snow is distribution facilities and trucking facilities. So you're always going to be near an airport. Um, so our Manchester spot, we're right next to the Manchester airport. And then out in the seacoast, we're right next to the Pease, which is like the Portsmouth Naval Airport. Um, so a lot of our sites, I mean, our our loaders, um, we run all Komatsu and then all Bobcat um, strictly, which I think is pretty cool that we've gotten it to a point where we're just running two, you know, two brands for everything in the wintertime, yeah. as well as Metal Plus for the pushers. Like when I started here, we had ProTech, we had Avalanche. We had anything under the sun, right, that you could hook up and, and push snow with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are officially at the point where every single front end loader that we own has a metal plus on it, whether it's a Max Pro or a live box or just a, a regular push box. And we can say the same thing with the Bobcats. We have strictly Snow Wolf. Nice. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I do around the airport here is like we have the truck brush attachments on the front of the loaders. Um which is a huge service that we're able to offer. Um, and it's even to the point now where, where some customers that we don't do snow for have called and been, Hey, my snow gantry's down. Are you booked? Can we get that machine over here? Um, and I've been brushing all over the airport, anywhere you can think of um, just because how important it is for them to get their trucks out, whether we have yeah. a nor'easter or a blizzard. I mean, I always tell people because they, they, they think I'm kidding. I'm like, I don't care if it's a one to three. If we have one snow event here, I can keep my loaders booked out for three days around the clock solid. And obviously operators love those type of hours, right? Because you're literally sitting there hitting a switch on a broom and they're just running (laughs) trucks. But then you've got to have a cleanup loader, right? Because every four or five trucks that go under that broom, you've got to you've got to be scraping so you're not making hard pack. You've got to have a truck on as like a safety truck treating. Um, and those are all billable after storm in between storm hours. 
That's awesome. Nice. How much of those truck brushes cost for the loaders? Twenty something. Mike, do you have? Do you know the number on it? No, nah, we don't have any down here. You guys have them. All good. Yeah. So we have four of them now. Um, they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> they gotta be in the thirties is... or forties. We had to guess. What was that, that, Mike? We gotta be. They gotta be in like the thirty to forties, if I had to guess. Well, that's pricey, but yeah, I mean, if you can, you can get one of those, and like you said, bill out two or three other machines and people. Yeah, that's, you, uh, <laughs> you can make it back in a year, easy. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got three or four truck brushes, and I'm double booking them at all times, and they're on a schedule, right? Like you got to leave True Value and go to UPS, then you got to go to FedEx, you got to go here, you got to go there. I mean, they're at every distribution facility that you can think of. Um, And those truck, those, you know, gantries or whatever those trucking facilities have, everyone knows they don't work well. They don't have down pressure. Um, So if you're talking about ice buildup, you know, you don't have the ability to really put that down pressure or change direction of how you're trying to scrape the roof. Yeah. Um, so that's when we come in huge. I mean, we have facilities that have snow gantries and they, they won't even use them. They'd rather just pay us to sit there with the loader and be able to actually know that the trucks are clean or the pack vans. I mean, it's oh. not just tractor trailers that you can broom. It's any cargo van, box truck, you name it. That's I mean, awesome. Them, it's, it's the liability side of it. I mean, those trucks that go under the gantries, they, they still have that, whether it's like an inch or so of you know snow and ice left on the top and as soon as the sun hits that and you're on the highway doing 65 that truck's got sheets coming off look at at the lawsuit tracy morgan got from walmart i don't know if anybody's familiar oh yeah no (laughs) yeah i already had more money more money on that than he ever did acting yeah what did he what did he sue him for i don't even know about that i think it was like 30 million yeah, he got hit. He got hit by a Walmart tractor trailer on the highway. Oh, all right, yeah, for his yeah, car yeah. accident. Yeah. yeah, he was like in a wheelchair for like two years trying to recover. Yep. I oh, thought yeah. he like slipped at a Walmart or something. I didn't know what hit. Him. <laughs> no, one of their tractor trailers like took him off the highway or something. Yeah, like it was oh, a shit. real, real like almost fatal accident. Yeah. Was- wow. But all those companies are looking to, you know, mitigate those liabilities. So they're willing to do whatever it has to do to stay open and not shut down their yards when it's snowing. That's awesome. Yet another thing you can do for billable. That's like Jeremy with all the hauling. You know, it's another thing after the snow stops, you can still make money for a couple of days afterwards. That's uh, right. Dumping decks is huge for us out here. We get these massive facilities with three or four parking garages. You're just guaranteed to be dumping decks or snow blowing decks after the storms. Yep. That's actually interesting. The the parking decks. Mike's touched on them a bunch as far as in his site planning and stuff. What are you guys equipping to do the parking decks? Because they all have restrictions. One of them just collapsed, right? Somewhere in the Northeast, they had one uh, collapse yeah, that, last year, and the contractor that was, was from uh, improper maintenance. Though that was that was strictly just not being taken care of. The you know the joints were probably all rotted out. Yeah. The concrete was just getting chewed up nonstop, and they just probably hadn't had a, an actual an accurate uh, inspection done for a long time. Just speculating, gotcha. but that that's usually how it goes over time. But for the parking garages, we use the Protex with the rubber edges. Still, um, we'll try. They do make a poly skid shoe, the Winter Company uh, that you that we make our that we get our cutting edges from for the trucks. And the shoes that we get now for the metal pluses, they they have an actual poly skid that you can get, so you're not leaving that rusty edge from the uh, the steel skids, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. But 
if it's a big enough parking deck, we'll outfit some of the uh, the quadriplows with a poly edge, and we'll run those with the rubber uh, shoes on the side instead of the the sliding metal feet on the wings. What are you so running, bobcats up there, or, or yeah, yeah, bobcats? The, the S seventy six is usually, or the uh, the S sixty four is. Do all of them have different weight restrictions for those top decks, or is it you know pretty? I much have one where it does, but it's an older deck, so they. They're a little sensitive to it because they've done a ton, a ton of work to it, ton of capex projects, and it still just doesn't seem like enough to keep that thing afloat. But uh, for the most part, a lot of the decks that we do don't have a huge yeah. restriction that I've seen. Yeah, you know what you got to be careful of now is the EVs, the electric vehicles. So oh, yeah. parking garages rated for say four hundred cars. Those were cars twenty years ago when it was built. The EVs, like they said, that the the reason the parking garage collapsed in Manhattan a couple months mm-hmm. ago was because they had so many EVs. It was even though they only had like they were rated for say a hundred cars, even though they ha- only had seventy cars in there, it was the weight of like four hundred cars. What would have been because each one of those EV batteries is like the the weight of three Honda Civics or some ridiculous thing. Oh, like that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I didn't so even think about that. I know a lot of our decks, um, we only can sand that top deck and a lot of them will just let that, you know, the absolute top layer, even if there is ice, they'll close it down. Gotcha. Um, That's smart. And they'll let the sun hit it and just act like, you know, and let it heat up and they'll let us do our thing. So we'll remove as much snow as we can, usually with a snowblower attachment on a skid steer. But most decks do have a gate, like a snow dump gate. And then it all depends how close to the pavement that that dump spot is mm-hmm. um, on what the operation of like removing the snow down under is going to look like. But yeah, we'll just do sand only up there if they request it, if they're not going to shut down the top deck, because as we all know, like we have all these facilities, but after COVID parking's not really an issue at most of them anymore. Yeah, you're as, right. As it yeah. used to be, they might be like, whatever it takes, we need the parking garage fully fully open full, you know and now they're like uh don't worry about the third building at all it's vacant <laughs> you know yeah. so things yeah. things have changed obviously it is. our parking ramps are we we do what do we do five six of them here or something i don't whatever it is but we use uh, non-chloride on them so where we're spraying liquid like a cf7 or something like that on all of ours and yeah we've tried to tell them they've built it i think we've had two or three new ones built we we've told them when they're building to put us a ramp or a gate they won't freaking put us a gate. So, really, we've, we've had got we got some small trucks that we can get up there and then load them and take them out, like a top kick or something like that that'll fit in there. But there's a couple of ramps we we got to pretty much bucket from the top to the bottom with the skidster. That wow. that that takes a lot of time. They're billable, yeah. Yeah. billable. Oh, yeah. You're just bucketing <laughs> over the side of the top deck. We've done or that every... too. We've done that too. But oh, you mean every level because you have the wind coming in? No. We'll have to, we'll have to bucket it all the way. Get go at the top level, and we'll take a bucket from the top and drive all the way down. Oh wow! <laughs> With a skidster. See, I've never had a parking deck that didn't have, even if it was small. But obviously, we're talking skid steers with X. <clears throat> Um, that didn't have some type of opening or some yeah. type of small entrance where you can at least be getting it off the, the top level. Yeah, yeah we, that. It's, it's, Jeremy's skid steer, yeah. Jeremy's skid steer makes crazy noises all the way down. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. <laughs> it's a subcontractor, but yeah, no. Otherwise, we can we dump over the edge up there sometimes, but 
yeah, it's not, you know, we got a guy on the ground watching for people and stuff. It's, yeah. It's right. And you got to watch out for trees. I mean, we've had, you know, cracked trees doing that. And then in the <laughs> spring, you got to replace some landscaping. Yeah. Oh, well, small yeah. price to pay, I guess. Um, yeah. So you guys are in two different, um, two different offices. Do you guys have like the same types of storms and, you know, the weather patterns or are you guys two com- completely different markets? Polar opposites half the time. Really? Yeah. Well, so in Massachusetts, right, especially where I live down here in the South Shore, we get a lot of rain events when everybody else is plowing. And a lot of those rain events will flip to snow at the end when it turns colder at night. And we'll maybe have to scrape off a slushy inch or maybe two or three inches of heavy wet. But then you move up to central mass and you get a lot of the heavy wet storms. You get some of the fluffy storms. You know, you get your your average snowfall there. And then the higher you go closer to where Jake is, you know, the kind of like I call it the Andover border north, that's where you're seeing the nice fluffy storms. You might get some sleet here and there mixed in. You might get some rain usually in the beginning of the season before it gets really cold. But, you know, Jake, I'll let you speak for New Hampshire, obviously, but we we run the gamut down here. The snow belt constantly shifts on where you're going to get that rain, snow, sleet line. Gotcha. Yeah, as far as New Hampshire as a whole, we do a pretty big um, – hospital facility in Concord, New Hampshire. And that's actually as far North as we go as a company. So Concord, I mean, if we're talking year over year, their average snowfall is always almost the highest as well as we have a large facility in Dover, uh, New Hampshire, that's out on uh, part of the seacoast. They both seem to run the highest snow totals, even as opposed to the Manchester, you know, the inner New Hampshire stuff that we have mm-hmm. or southern New Hampshire. So we don't go any further north than that. But those those have our highest snow totals. And I think we definitely see more snow this way than, you know, than Massachusetts does. What is Concord average as far as yearly snow? Uh, I don't know the exact average, but we've had 70, 80 inch winters out there okay Um, but they're they're always over over 55 60 or right around there gotcha that's a good amount for down here i i run it pretty much 65 inches to 45 inches the further south you go sounds good all right well is it that time uh yeah, I mean, they gave us what uh, what yeah. sites they service. So, I mean, this is the yeah. Jeremy Lindstrom uh, portion. We got to get yeah. a sponsor for this. We got to get yeah. a sponsor. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's. I like the equipment as always. Let's tell me what you're using for equipment from wheel loaders, pickups, salters, sidewalk machines. Let's hear it. So, we run you know from New Hampshire to Mass. The, the exact same list, really. They're split up. Pretty heavily, we run all Komatsu loaders from the WA200s to the 320s. We got 73 of those right now this year. Added about 16 just this winter alone with the amount of growth that we've had. Uh, We got 77 Bobcats ranging from the S64s to the S76s. Um, All those have the Quattro plows on them. There's nothing else that we usually run unless they're doing a parking deck, but usually they're just detaching the Quattro plows and just grabbing a ProTech and going to town after the storm. Uh, we did finally start getting some of those uh, micro loaders that Bobcat's been coming out with, the L85s. We get six mm-hmm. of those now, and they're great. They do kind of replace the skid steer on some sites, and they're a lot easier to stack with. The guys like them. They're a lot more nimble. They're quicker. You know, they're obviously more comfortable. The only problem that I see, and 
Jake, I know Deegan's probably mentioned the same thing too. Is just the pricing is so similar to adding like a Komatsu WA200 that it's really all, you might as well just add a load, a full size loader at that point. It's, it's yeah. just absurd what inflation's done yeah. to the iron that we buy. Um, and then Ventrax, you know, we got plenty of the SSVs, the 4520s, the uh, 4500s. Uh, with the drop spreaders, or we got a bunch of the 50-gallon Camion brine spray units, which have been fantastic since we switched to those. Such a really well-built unit. Um, trucks, we got all Ford trucks, F-350s, 550s. We're up to 78 right now total. And they all run Fisher V-blades with winter cutting edges. As soon as that plow hits the ground, we rip the original factory edge off, stack them up in the corner. We we just spend the money on the winter edges because they last so long. And then we usually just end up, you know, using those uh, spare edges if we need them. If something gets bent during a storm or we sell them, you know, there's really nothing mm. else that we're going to do with them. Um, a lot of those trucks run polycasters uh, for spreaders, ranging from the yard and a half to the 1.9s. And with the growth of our liquid, you know, a lot of them are getting the uh, de-icing depot, 750-gallon brine units. We tried the pickup truck ones. Uh, I think they were 250 250 gallons but we Four. found that you just you weren't really getting the longevity out of it that you were with the trucks so we kind of put the kibosh on that a little bit and uh, now we just put them on the 550s if we can't do seven 750 gallons it's not really worth it for us and then uh we got like seven ford escapes we, we really run those for the sales and the account guys but they kind of play a role in the winter too with quality control checking in on sites bringing guys coffee and donuts and stuff um and yeah, that, that's really the majority. Well, we have one Bobcat Toolcat that's new to us that we got for a certain site. Uh, it's got a Camion unit on the back of that with uh, a broom attachment from Bobcat on the front. Uh, nice comfy machine. I actually like it a lot. And then we got a couple of those Gravely UTVs that also have the same Camion unit in the back. We don't really do anything with it except for uh, post-storm treatments because the attachments just aren't really built that well for what we're trying to do with them. Uh, hmm. That's all. That's all you got. That's it. <laughs> that was. Wow. Uh, I just Jeez. took a twenty-five minute nap. I'm back. I'm still running off equipment. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a fleet there, bud. Yeah, I've been waiting for this segment, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. I can tell. That's great. I love it. That's, you know what? You can also put on those tool cats now. What's that? The muskox. Yeah, baby. You you got loading you, docks and stuff where that site is. Yeah, That'll so come the in thing really handy. Is, the thing with the muskox is, um, and I think we alluded to it earlier, we're we're trying to strategically not do HOAs um, or like condo associations in the winter. Mm-hmm. So even some of the ones that we have and that we do landscaping at, we're either subbing it or not perf- self-performing the snow. And I, I've seen those and I think we all like them, um, but it just doesn't make sense with a lot of the places we have because it's we're not doing those like driveways backing yeah. up. Yeah. No. Um, you got loading docks. I'm trying to get them to make a wider one for loading docks. Put it right. at like an industrial site that has you know 150 docks and yep. boom, you don't even have to worry about a loader. Yeah. No, that would definitely change change our view on it for sure because we've got countless places with as many loading docks as the eye can see. How about? Yeah. Uh, how about hill tips? Weren't you gonna look at those, Mike? Or? Yeah, what happened, Mike? The price tag. Oh, oh yeah, that is a. It is the price because tag. Fisher does make a GPS unit that is obviously not as nice, but is similar. So 
I don't know. We're, we're really also trying to push a lot more liquid at this it's point. We're trying similar. to like get away from granular as much as we can, but it's the client buy-in that's really slowing that down. Yeah, It's not similar, Mike. I didn't say it was similar. I said you did. Was- you said similar. <laughs> you actually, right? I'll play it back. He said yeah. similar. <laughs> he did say similar. <laughs> we're going to the instant replay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw the flag. Throw the flag. We got to do video. That is, oh my god, that's funny. Can't uh, wait how are the um, how are the Bobcat mini loaders working out for you though? What you got? L eighty five or L L sixty fives? How how are they working out? He just said no. Like I mean, issues. Jake, you issues? Last year, last oh. year was the first year we had them. Yeah, I had I had three of them in my division last year, and by the end of the by the end of the winter, my operator in it was able to use it for route density, go from one site to the next to the next, and kind of use it the way that we do use loaders. Okay. Um, and I kind of had to give the feedback to the leadership team and say, no, like I can actually get you know we sat it at one site, thinking a loader is not going to need to go to this site, this bobcat. <laughs> mini loader will be able to self-perform truck won't really need to pull in there's nothing it can't do um but that operator ended up just sitting half the storms are just calling me saying what am i doing and i'm like you've already scraped that whole place it's done well go to this site go to this site and i started i started moving him around with it mike you said about the price point that is true but I think if you have route density and you're in a city or a place where you're at least all on one road and you kind of have a, you know, a stronghold on a, on a whole road with a bunch of different properties, they yeah. are great because they do have the power to make long pushes. Whereas a skid steer is just not fast enough or mm-hmm. able to keep up, you know, if their operating hours are throughout an active event. So I love those, um, those Bobcat mini loaders. And I like the way that they're able to, to maneuver just so tight loading docks back dragging i mean with a snow wolf on that and obviously we put a bigger pusher on it than a skid you're it there's nothing they weren't able to do or keep up with do cool. they have two armrests they do okay. they do it's like being in the cab of a loader it really is yeah. I've, I've used them quite a bit and and they're comfortable and the best thing about it was the visibility yeah. I mean, the lights on it, it's its like daytime. They've got great lighting and the whole cab's glass. It, it is a nice setup to be in and plow with. I Bobcat. Mean, you, you can see more than sitting in a loader. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bobcat always has been really good with all their machines with lighting. Like, they were always first with everything. LEDs, like yeah. the side LEDs. Bobcat mm-hmm. came out with those and everybody else followed. So they've right. always, like, spent money where it should be on lighting. They're made like seventy miles from me. They're made like seventy miles, really. The, the skidsters are, yeah. No yeah. shit. I, I don't know where they make the mini load, the compacts, but I don't know. I don't know where they come I, out of they, now. Yeah, they make the make the yeah. They're like 60, 70 miles from here, and then their home office probably be like I don't know three blocks from here. My office. So. They got. Do you plow that? No, they don't have no. any bobcats. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the one the one huge difference, right, is as far as like dropping your pusher and doing bucket work at the end of the storm. If you do a lot of relocation for clients that have the real estate for it and they don't want to pay for trucking, that's where you would lack with a compact loader, right? I mean, the bucket doesn't hold as much snow, it doesn't stack, it doesn't fill a truck, and you can't you can't do the billable work after the storm with it as opposed to if you had a two hundred or any other full-size front-end loader on that same site. Unless you get the snow bucket for it. 
Yeah. I mean, you still don't have the power of the reach, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How about snow tires? Any snow tires? I, I think we talked about that before. You guys are don't run snow tires, Mike, do you? Or? Jake's got one loader with snow tires. That's no. We we only run snow tires on the Bobcats, really. Uh, Jake, you only got the one Komatsu with it, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think the first year that we we the first year that we t- got those three twenties and put the twenty eight foot Metal Plus Max Pros on it, we put snow tires on them to. Also to try to counterbalance the weight of that pusher. Mm. Um, I remember, I think we put molasses in the rear wheel, some type of liquid so that we had a counterbalance. The pusher was just so heavy. Was it nitrogen? Um, Probably hydraulic oil. You could carry a couple, (laughs) you could carry some drums of oil on the back of this. Have some reservoir for one. Jake, Jake, you got to help me out here. Let's settle this. You had any hoses break on your Max Bros. Have you had yeah. any hydraulic issues with your max? He probes? said, "Yeah." He said, yeah. "Yeah." He said, "Yeah." <laughs> How many? Five hundred. I mean, I can think of like four off the top of my head that I've had. Operator error or manufacturer error? I've never matter. had. I've never had one that was operator error. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody does. <laughs> All right, guys. You know. <laughs> Oh, oh man! We gotta get the shot at at least one yeah. shot. Show. Yeah, but these are. These, I mean, Mikey, these are all ones that were older. I mean, we've we've had these we've had these uh, these twenty eight foot Max Pros here. We got small in them five six seasons straight with no with no repairs. So I am yeah. starting to see lines go that have some dry rot. Sure, sure. Or just, no, just like to break walls. Are, yeah, the yeah. way that they're stretching and stacking snow. Um, you know, it just gets the right pinch or the right move, but it's not that they're doing something wrong. No. Yeah, we just like to break balls. They make a good product. They're pretty heavy duty. So you guys use both, right? You use the you said the live boxes too? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. How how do those how are those compare with the I mean, we know the live edge takes the cake with all their, their stuff, but do, do the live boxes push well too? They scrape they're fantastic. well. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah they make sure you get a good shoe. Well, they do actually. Don't you put? No, winter- I, I saw you guys shit, stripping dude, down got- everything, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we we finally shit. got the uh, the winter shoes for them now, so I'm dying to see how long those things last. Yeah, this is Forever. the first year that we're going to be running the winter equipment um, orange oh. edges on the live boxes. So last year, of course, we went through a lot of shoes on those live boxes um, to the point where we were looking to make a change. Um, and our fleet mechanic was just beside himself with how quick these guys were going through some shoes. Jeremy, I'll tell you all about it. A lot of hard pack, a lot of ice storms. There wasn't a whole lot of snow for us last year. It wasn't a great winter, but there was a lot of scraping still. Um, You'll love those shoes. You'll love them. Yeah. Put them on Arctic. We haven't touched them for like four four to five seasons. Haven't touched them. The winter equipment? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so this year we'll be having those – the only live boxes that we didn't change out are because there was like they hadn't been touched or they didn't need shoes. But as we start to change over, we will be going full to all of the winter equipment edges. That's what Very we do cool. every 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 you know Arctic we buy whatever we'll burn burn the factories off and then we'll put the winters on. Just yep, makes sense to do that. So it, now you guys are running both liquids and granular for salt. Are you using treated salt, guys, or are you using straight? Only when we need to. Okay, um, so you have the, but you do you do stock treated as well. 
No, we that. make it as we need it, really. Like we, what are you we making it with? I'm, I'm trying to draw uh, this out of you. What, what product is it? Liquid ice be gone. We have totes of okay, it. Okay, IBG. Great. Sites and we make it as needed. Magic. Gotta love it. And how mm-hmm. much... Uh, how how much liquid are you guys going through? Like, do you know how many gallons offhand that you guys burn through in a in a winter? Jake does. Winter? So we made we made a million gallons of brine last year, which was a record for us. That's awesome. Good for you. And guys. now our one you know brine making facility here ships to all of our offsites, including all of Massachusetts and the seacoast. So as a whole, we you know keep the log book and the record book here. But yeah, we hit a million gallons last year. That's wow. great. Um, and we have a That's tanker a that liquid. ships it. That's a lot of liquid. Yeah. That's good. I think that's more than Mitchell, right? Mitchell said 800,000. So, ha ha. <laughs> ODP's gotcha, Mitchell. That's I mean, awesome. we try to we try to pre-treat everything with that liquid. I mean, so you got to yeah. think as we grow and we add this square footage, even if it's just six or eight brine trucks that sit here, I mean, they're going to pre-treat quite a ways because everything's trying to get liquid before the storm. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that the during storm treatments, the post storm treatments, it it adds up quite a bit. And that was a light winter last year too. So imagine if we had a normal winter, what we would have put out. Exactly. I mean, we've gotten to the point where we have we have people making brine around the clock. So like, if somebody works seven to five, somebody's coming in at five p.m. relieving him, and they're running double shifts in there. Gotcha. Like we don't shut it down because we're trying to keep up and make sure that there's never tanks that are empty or dry on site anywhere. And liquids is your go-to granular is only when you need to. I, I wouldn't say that. I think oh, okay. Just because we've grown so fast, we've got to keep buying polycasters and outfitting trucks with them. So we're gotcha. not, but we do have areas and I don't know how, how, how many other people do this. We do have areas that only have brine trucks. So they're treating during after scrapes, like before, during, and after, um, but you've always got to have a, in my opinion, in my experience, I've always had to have a granular truck available in every area um, mm-hmm. for flash freezing, you know, sleet, freezing rain, sure. anything that's got a, a high, high moisture context. I've had experiences with like AM, 3 a.m. commutes where you're hitting, you know, puddles or just some, some ice and you can get it back to wet with the brine but it'll actually refreeze depending on the temperatures. By the time you've gone through your whole route on that morning commute, if you actually went back to where you started and you sat on that with a nozzle tip and you turned it not into ice, it could lock back up and refreeze. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Cause you're adding so much additional moisture, basically that's not solidified or whatever, what not right. salt basically. And I mean, we're just talking anything under 15 degrees. It's just, I don't consider it safe to just have that be your only form for, you know, talking about morning commutes anyways. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, what are you guys using for weather? <laughs> We're running true weather strictly now for everything. And they've true been weather. fantastic okay. to work with. Yeah. We've like switched them? over from weatherworks. We used to deal with weatherworks. We're now true weather. Gotcha. True weather's like been good. Yeah, yeah, they've been pretty um, good. I mean, no one's one hundred percent right all the time, but no, you said pretty good at getting alerts out to us. I was going to ask, are any of them good? Um, no, I mean, I think they're all pretty much the same. If you can get them to ninety percent accurate, you're 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 happy. 
Right. I don't think. As long as the snow totals at the end are accurate, that's really all that matters. Well, One pick thing up the damn I... phone. If they pick up the phone on their 24-7 hotline, then I'm happy. <laughs> right. One thing yeah. I'll say that I've loved about true weather, um, and, you know, there's other places that might have changed since then, but true weather will always give us when they're expecting your first accumulation. Okay. It's like, okay, it's going to start flurrying. It's going to start snowing around this time. But as far as pavement, like sticking to pavement or having something to scrape, they'll give you a time that that's expected. Um, and that's been huge for like, when do I want to fully staff loader operators? Right. I think we've all been in this point in years past where you've staffed how many countless machines and they're sitting there and it's snowing, but there's nothing sticking to the pavement. Yeah. So we were all expecting a big storm and everybody's sitting around burning diesel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you there. I, I think they're all starting to do that. If they haven't, if they haven't already been doing it for the last year or two, I think they're all finding that they have to they have to offer that right when is when is my first inch going to accumulate because we're all all basically doing zero tolerance sites so usually one inch is your absolute max trigger so i I think they're all getting on board with that that they're offering that yeah that's great good for good for true weather if uh you know they're good putting out a good product that's awesome and are they cheaper than weatherworks do we know it's around the same okay Hmm. all right Better snow totals, though? Higher snow totals? <laughs> yeah. They have, a bigger, they have a bigger ruler. You just got to juice them a little more. <laughs> yeah, that's ruler. All. Oh, shit. What else ruler. you got there, Jeremy? Oh, I don't know. They just... You guys' operations is pretty it's pretty damn cool, what I've seen on the, the old Instagram. I'm loving, I'm loving you guys' videos. Those are pretty sweet you guys are doing this year. I mean. The, the who, stuff who that does that what do you guys hire like a hollywood studio or something to come out and do that or what yeah kind of kind of we have this great firm out in new hampshire we've been using for a while now we we've we doubled down this year and said you know what we gotta bring in a ton of operators because we're really hammering down on new business and and the growth that we're doing so we put out all these videos on tiktok trying to remake fun commercials from years past um we got some on the way that are coming through. You know, we did some fun videos with uh, with the guys on site uh, at the shop. You know, we're going to start trickling those out more and more now that the season's starting to ramp up for hiring. And then they're going to start to transition to in the field when the storms are coming and they're going to put their drones up. They're going to get out there with the cameras, start doing live action videos because we use a lot of those videos when we do our sales with new clients. You know, we we show them what we're capable of, what we do, how we do it. Um, so they can just see it and not just believe it when we, when we talk to them across the table, you know what I mean? But right. it, it's been really cool what they've done this year. We've, we're almost staffed right now, which is almost unheard of for November. We're probably like short, you know, 30 ish seats, which this time of year, we're probably double what we need. So kudos wow. to those guys. What do you guys do for, for hiring? I mean, how many guys, I try to hire like at least double the guys on these. What do you guys do? About the same or what do you try to do? Yeah, about the same. You know, we do the seasonal guys too, like the part-timers that might want to just come in for after storm or, you know, they can come in for a certain amount of time then somebody else relieves them. We try and be creative with it. You know, we know not everybody has the flexibility to do the entire storm. So we, we hire anybody as long as they, you know, they're reliable and they show up, we'll, we'll push it to work. Heartbeat, yep. breathe oxygen, yep. two eyeballs, you name it. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the the new commercial uh that came out really good. I like that. I like the uh swag giveaway too. I saw mm. that that uh, video was up. Oh yeah, throwing the swag. Yeah. Any, yeah, I mean any of that swag coming our way. I mean we've been hearing about it, but all it I is still have is a stupid outdoor pride coaster. I'm looking at it right now. He's got a nice quarter zip. He's got a nice quarter zip on there. I'll take one of those two X. There's uh, there's some stuff I'm waiting on right now that I want to throw in those boxes. I'm hoping that they uh, they make their way down south. Well, Michael, I wish I had it on video when my kids opened that box from you. And they, hey, man, like, I was grabbing like, a straw. Oh, and then they get to the coaster and they're like, what I know. the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I was like, what do I have? I promised them we're going to send them something. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh, my God. That was so funny, though. Shit. So how many guys do you put on the street during a storm between the two branches? Like over 400. Wow. Yeah. That's a, Between operators, shovelers, truck drivers, managers, office staff. Yeah, that's a few donuts and egg sandwiches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. What uh, now which branch is bigger like manpower wise? Is it split 50/50 or, you know? Jake, what do you think after this year? I mean, I know you would have a better idea on numbers. I know in the past, I feel like uh, Mass was bigger for a while. But, I mean, obviously, there's been so much growth out here. I mean, I I feel like it's just safe to say 50-50 at this point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Honestly. Because it's splitting hairs. Of, I mean, if we don't, and with all the new business coming in, it's it, it depends what day you ask or, you know, how updated the list is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all your contracts done? You got them all signed or still some holdouts there? Uh, Mass is good. Yeah, I'm sure I don't know what they got left, but I know it was like maybe two or three. Probably done by now. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I'm waiting on anymore that I know of. I think we're, we're pretty much locked in at this point. We've shut down the new sales, so... Very cool. When do you, did you put your hundred thousand stakes in the ground yet? When do you guys do that? We're actually going to start doing that soon. We started fall cleanups, so usually right after that, we start sending guys out to uh, start staking properties. We already got the uh, the new stakes in. Those pallets are sitting, waiting to get put out. The old stuff's getting taken out. What'd you get? Just regular fiberglass, or? Yeah. Yep. Dude, let me tell you, I used those. I ordered a, a bunch of those plow right those ones and i tried them yeah Dude, i'm in love with those freaking things they're awesome i wonder what the price difference is on them. cheaper that's why i bought them cheaper, cheaper than they're fiberglass? like 50 cents 50 cents each i i'm paying 99 cents and i'm buying for fiberglass and i'm buying 100 150 200 300 whatever i can get in bulk and i'm still the cheapest i'm getting is 90 cents 89 90 cents these are 50 cents a piece Wow. And they don't break. That's like, like I'm in love. I put them in. It was so easy for me to throw out 50 stakes. It was like five minutes. Like, I mean, I just get boom. Like, a, like whoever, who was that? Billy Moore? Or who was telling us, Jeremy? It was like, you're an archery guy from the oh, from medieval times. You just yeah, keep probably. pulling them out. Yeah, you just keep pulling them out of the quiver. Boop. Yeah, we'll have to look into those. I know for New Hampshire, I was trying to schedule fall cleanup so that we could kind of go behind the maintenance guys and, and stake right behind them. So we are going to start Monday. 
um, because we finally got enough done on the fall cleanup list. It'll make sense. Keep them busy staking right behind us. Yeah. What else you got, Jay? Huh? What else you got for him, Jeremy? You got anything else for him? I don't know. Not really. I I just, I'm impressed by the company, what they get done. It's pretty, pretty damn cool. Obviously, you've heard Mike talk a lot about them. And yeah, they're, it's nice to hear a little bit more now what they're all about. Equipment wise, uh, I love that. You guys got a few things there. It's a healthy list. Yeah, I'm going to have to come what? out there and play this winter. If sounds like we're not going to get much snow. Come on, you're going to get snow, dude. Calm down. Come play. We got seats open for you. Well, let's go. I, I, I got We just sold our old 320 Komatsu. Sold it to the Silver Bullet. So, yeah, we're, I'm, all, I'm all about the Komatsus. That was a good loader. Yeah. Um, What do you guys have as far as competition? Like, in both markets, are, are there companies that can actually compete with you guys and do compete with you guys? Or are you guys pretty much like, uh, like Glacier is in Fargo where you, you take what you want and lock everything down. Oh boy. Just the best of the best of the best. Sir. Um, <laughs> what was that? I know for us line? down here, you, you throw a rock and you hit, you know, 30 of us. Just everybody that can do it, will do it, whether they should and they're equipped for it or not. Um, there are quite a few companies that, you know, I feel after seeing their operation, they, they do just as well as us. You know, obviously we're a little bit bigger than some of those guys, but there's plenty of work to go around for everybody. I, I don't look at competition as a bad thing. I look at it as just keeping everything even keel with quality and pricing. So I, I, I welcome it. I enjoy it. I love seeing the, uh, the guys out there doing stuff next to us because it definitely motivates the guys to do the best work that they can, at least. And Jake, I'll, I'll let you speak for New Hampshire. I'm sure you're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I mean, there's competition everywhere. Um, and there's never a lack of it. Um, I do feel as far as quality control, um, and attention to detail is what separates us. But like Mike said, I can think of one, maybe two companies, uh, right off the top of my head that are local to our operation that, you know, they're there, they've grown quite a bit and they've proven that they're they're legitimate, you know, and they're here to stay. So there's there's some competition always, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's good. Ooh, what else? Good. You guys are all seasonals? You do any hourly at all? That's not really a thing in the Northeast, right? I mean, no, truck no, brushing, maybe. Truck brushing for per hourly? Yeah, that's hourly. Any snow work, actually, though, that you do hourly? Or is it all, like, seasonal? Unless you're doing pile moves or trucking, you're, you're not going to see hourly for anything that we do. We're last time I talked to the sales team, we're like a 60 40 split seasonal to seasonal. per push events right now. Gotcha. How about uh, you guys do a lot of trucking? Like you just said, trucking. Do you, you guys got to do? I mean, we truck quite a bit. Do you guys do that or just here and there? We do it as needed. I'm sure New Hampshire does it way more than we do because we have a lot of warmer days and melting and, you know, storms on the smaller end. But yeah, we, we don't own our own trucks. We, we have a lot of great yeah. subs that do a lot of our trucks are trucking for us. But yeah, we, we do quite a bit of relocation, not necessarily getting it off site, but relocating to another half of the site really is what we do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the trucking is always per request um, and we're ready to go in the snap of a finger if a client thinks that they need to. Um, the hot, the big hospital in Concord, New Hampshire that I was chatting about earlier does haul after every event. They just don't have the room. They don't have the parking. It's too tight. 
Um, so we are trucking after every event at that hospital. Um, but over here, there is a lot of green area and just a lot of acreage where we might have four full-size loaders with buckets running all night, but we just can dump in a field or dump in a wood line or relocate and stack. That's obviously all hourly, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our, our sites have that, you know, they're lucky in the fact that they have enough space where they can just say, Hey, we need the entire perimeter cleaned up. We don't want any snow piles, but lose it wherever you can lose it. You know? Gotcha. What do you think? J five and five. Yeah. Do we have to do that? break yet or no you want to you need a break yeah all right we'll take 15 we'll hear from hill tip we'll be back in 15 to do the five and five make your business more profitable with hill tip spreaders and sprayers equipped with our h-track two-way gprs tracking and control system to learn more visit www.hilltipna.com take on winter's worst with the world's best hill tip all right, we're back from that long break. <laughs> Jeremy needed it. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. You always seem like you always do that before the five and five. And uh, I, think, I don't I think know. Mike, That's when I Mike think wanted, of it. It's like I think Mike wanted to hear the heel tip thing a little more. So, yeah, it just doesn't get old. Spend money. Spend <laughs> money. It's, it's oh, like man. it's like it'd be like brewing off five trucks. There you go. Yeah, basically paid for. Done. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what do you guys, five and five, Jay? Yeah, you guys, yeah, you bet. Um, where do you guys see your company in five years, Mike? Where do you want to see yourself, or what do you see happening? Oh boy, um, in five years, we'll probably almost double our growth if we keep on the track that we're going. But you know, what when is enough enough is kind of the question I always ask, but. You know, as long as you keep finding quality people to do the work and your clients are happy, you you can keep going as far as you want. Realistically, in five years, I I, th- I would like to see us be double the size. I, I think there's a lot of value that we bring to the industry. I think there's a lot of education that we bring to the clients that we work with, with how and why things get done, especially as the older generation kind of retires and fades out and the new generation that we kind of grew up with comes in that maybe doesn't know as much or wasn't trained by the guy that uh, left at that point or retired. So, you know, we, we bring a lot of value in that respect. And, you know, we work with a lot of great companies that, uh, that allow us to get into some of these markets to grow, which is always kind of nice. Oh, you're muted there, buddy. I was muted. Wow. What would you say is your biggest advancement? in the last five years to get you to where you are now, what's the, what's the best decisions that uh, ODP has made? Besides Jake. Jake, you got something. I can see it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, to the first thing that came to my mind is growing the sales team. Um, So we, now it's to the point where like Massachusetts has a dedicated sales guy. New Hampshire has a dedicated sales guy. And then we've got somebody that's over overseeing full-time. His only job is business development. So without that, I don't think we would have grown the way we have. And then with that happening, you know, they've given me the green light to just recruit, 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 and never say no to hiring a qualified individual, even if we think we're fully staffed. Um, so with, with that going on, it's like, hey, listen, plan for new work, plan for more work. 
and you you know the ops team should just plan on always overstaffing and being ready for more and let the sales team do their thing so with that That's combination awesome. we've just been able to keep our foot on the gas pedal 100 percent. we're never we're never you know there's never a slow time anymore that's great. Good for you guys. Nope. You guys. Oh. oh, what else? What else do we got? You got anything else, Jay? I don't. No. I got one. What do you guys oh, feel are the biggest issues facing the snow management industry today in the Northeast or nationwide, whatever? There's a few good ones that come to my head right now. And one is really just growing up as a nineties kid, early two thousands kid is you're really, you're not really seen as essential, like out in the workforce. You know, you, there's not a lot of talk from guidance counselors, teachers, you know, most parents that help white collar jobs, you know, that they kind of view what we do as something that just needs to get done and mm-hmm. just like, don't complain about it almost, which career. is kind of sad to say. Part-time job. Yeah. yeah, it's not a career. And honestly, Jake and I are prime examples of that. It absolutely is a career that you can make a good life and it's a stressful life. It's not for everybody. I, I will just say that right off the bat, but you can make a damn good career doing this. And we are essential personnel as much as you know, people don't view us as that is if your roads aren't clear, your parking lots, your walkways aren't clear. Police, fire, ambulance, they're not getting to you in time if they need to. You know, your service reps that need to do your HVAC, your plumbing, they're not going to get to what they need to unless that stuff's done. Uh, The liability that comes with slip and falls, like, you know, that's that's huge. We we play a massive role in that to mitigate stuff uh, on the liability end. But on top of that, really, it's the uh, inflation. You know, a lot of stuff has just shot up so much with trucks and iron and material that, you know, we we're not necessarily pricing ourselves out of the market so much as, you know, guys that will come in with a lower bid because they're just trying to keep their guys busy. And mm-hmm. maybe they're not, they're not like upset at taking a lower margin or, you know, getting close to a wash for the winter if they get a heavy winter and they didn't price the pro- uh, contract correctly, you know, that it hurts. It, it hurts a lot when we have to spend almost, you know, 50% higher than what we used to on material and on, and on iron and yep. we have to send yep. these contracts out that we know we lost, oh, we lost Mike frozen. <laughs> he is frozen. All right. Um, Jake, what about you? What do you think of the biggest issues facing the uh, snow management industry? Well, the first thought that oh, came Mike's from the back. Oh, oh, Mike's back. <laughs> What's the hell just happened? He's still, he's still talking. <laughs> the Can you the hear first me, Mike? thought that came to my mind with that question is shovelers. And I okay. think we oh, yeah. that pain shoveling. Um, I've just seen a younger generation. You're good, Jake. You're, you're, you're all good. You're good. Um, I've seen a younger generation and a new workforce generation that we've been employing uh, more recently that, I don't know, it's not like it was when I was cutting my teeth learning the snow industry. Um, it's hard to keep shovelers. It's hard to employ shovelers. And it seems like we're all trying to get more and more and closer to being able to have mechanically removed snow in every way, shape and form. Um, but there's always going to be labor involved and in, in just human labor and actual shovels and not your Ventrax, your snow raiders, your mammoths. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems with growth, the way that we're growing. Um, you know, how are you going to be able to always find the shovelers, even if you do stay recruiting year round and, and, and trying to have enough guys? 
Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's coming back, though, a little bit like Mike was talking about that, you know, we're not viewed as a career option. But as these kids are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a four-year degree and coming out of college and can't find a job in their field, it, it, I think uh, less and less kids are going to be going, you know, going that route as we go forward. Because I got two guys now, right now that I know, graduated from college with four-year degrees and can't get a job in their chosen field. And all these right. jobs we hear about, you know, oh, the, 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 there's plenty of openings in the workforce. These guys can't find jobs. They're going to interviews every week, but they're still working with me. Right. They just can't find it. So I, I think uh, that might be coming back a little bit where, you know, and, and the trades, I mean, us, I, I mean, we're not really a trade. We're more of a niche thing, but like electricians, plumbers, stuff like that, HVAC guys, those guys can make so much money now because there's so so few of them left and right. nobody's going into the market. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it might come back a little bit for, for our industry and I hope so. But the, the kids today do not have the work ethic though, that no. you can't teach that. I mean, they don't they're, have they're, it. They all come and show up and think they're, you're going to pay me 30 bucks an hour or whatever it is. You know, like, yeah, I, I can, but what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. Right. And then they're going to tell you, I'm cold after an hour and a half. I'm cold. I don't want to do yeah. this anymore. Give me my money. I'm going. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. Because yeah. yeah. let's face it, the, the kids that are 20 something right now, not all of them, but there's been a big shift where they've grown up in a call the guy generation. They haven't mowed the lawn themselves. They haven't shoveled the driveway themselves. They called <laughs> their parents called the guy. So, you know, (laughs) they don't know how to be the guy because they always called the guy. Right. No, that's that's exactly it. And like Mike was saying, I I think it is coming around a little bit. I know when I talk to people, I've been able to kind of blow their minds with just basic stories of everyday operations from our snowstorms um, because we do hospitals. Right. Because we do these trucking facilities. It's like getting emergency calls to snow blow a helicopter pad and hit it with Brian because we've got a helicopter coming in with, you know, something that happened. Yep. Um, and the stuff that we do, it's like, how can you really say that that's, that that's not essential that we're not doing things and <laughs> yeah. getting these phone calls during an active snow event where like, you know, somebody's getting med flighted in and you guys are actively here taking care of the campus and keeping it safe with liquids. We've literally gone and plowed, path for doctors to get to the hospital or pick people up before i mean we've we've done right exactly yeah oh absolutely so we are essential yeah absolutely i mean there's no question it's an emergency service it really is all right jay we got anything else is mike mike's gone again (laughs) he's gone he's back he's gone he's back that was, right. great, that was a good show. I got finally got to hear a little more about ODP and uh, yeah, those guys. You guys are great, obviously. I mean, you guys run a top notch, top notch operation out there. I'd absolutely, come out and see it one day. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Jacob, thanks so much for coming on. Mike, thanks so much for coming on with us. Mike's back again, yeah. so this is going to be some editing for me now because he's going to have four different tracks now. He's gone well, on and off all like three times. Off and I, I, it's never happened before. <laughs> I'm like right next to you. It's all good. It's it's happening to everybody this week. Yeah. Your wife's unplugging the router. (laughs) Time to go. (laughs) It happened to Jordan earlier this week. It's happening to everybody across the country. Uh, The internet is in and out. And I don't know. I'm lucky I even got audio and made it. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. That's true. This has been doomed from the start. (laughs) 
<laughs> your wife oh, just man. wants some. She just wants some mic time. That's what she's trying to get you off the thing, uh, there, Mikey. I, I oh, guess so. I'll go upstairs. And be dead of the world. That's what. Yeah, she's she's it's, saying it's this right now. Time. They call yeah. it us time, and she's yeah. ready for us time, Mike. That's us it. time, Mike. There you go. Uh, I'm trying very hard not to completely lose my shit on all three of you right now, but you're not <laughs> making it easy. Oh wow. <laughs> oh Christ. Hey, Steve. All right. One thing. Yeah. You had a great. You had a great question that you had sent us that. I don't know if we touched on when I was having mic issues or whatever, but uh, for a lot of the guys in the earlier stages, like what advice we would give for that? For those guys. Oh yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. I had to think about this one a little bit because I've been in the commercial world for a little bit longer than I thought I would. I, to be honest, the, this never was like the end game for me. It just, it really worked out and I enjoyed it very much, but you know, to get to a company size that you want to, it doesn't matter if you want to be a, a $2 million company, 10 million, 20 million, 50, it doesn't matter. You know, your growth will take time and you're, you're probably going to be a little impatient with it, but don't just, just stay the course. Don't worry about keeping up with your competition, stay at your comfortable pace and focus on growing the people that are in your business that you surround yourself with, because they're the ones that are going to carry you to the finish line. You know, if, there's a great saying that our, our business coach says, is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And he, he also has another saying that I've actually kept close to my chest for many years now is uh, slow down to go faster. You know, you, you really got to like stop and think about yeah. what it is that you're trying to do and how you want to get there, you know, because at the end of the day, it's how much stress are you willing to take on? None of us want to be in that stressful situation forever. We want to be able to operate as a unit so we can all have a, a work-life balance that we all enjoy, which, you know, thankfully this industry is getting better with that balance, but there's still some inequality with it. Obviously snowstorms are snowstorms. It is what it is, but it comes with a lot of baggage you got to deal with before and afterwards that you got to kind of, you got to divvy out that workload so that you can have a life, you know, as a business owner, not speaking as one, obviously, but you know, that watching Mark over the years and a lot of my friends that own companies and companies that I do know of like that, that's just the one thing I've always taken away from it and, you know, get creative with how you save your capital so you can actually grow your business. You know, we, we have so many Ventrax, you know, I think we're up to like 48 Ventrax right now. We're, we're the largest Ventrax fleet owner in the country. And we use those in the regular season by getting the aeration kits. We get the field mowing kits. We get the private uh, schools that we maintain where they got baseball fields. We have the baseball uh, clay rejuvenation kit for it. You know, you put the mowers on the front or the bagging systems. You, you don't need to get your, your right sanders, your skag V-rides and all that stuff. You, you can use the equipment that you have that you're already paying for and not have to keep reinvesting into your business with specialty equipment. You use what you've got to just kind of keep your cash flow going. And uh, if you do that over time and you get creative with some of those things, you'll, when that ideal client comes knocking on your door and says, Hey, we're, we're looking for a change. We're either not happy or there's someone else that took the seat and wants to try something new. You know, you're going to have a, that nugget to sit on where you're like, all right, I know what I need to service these guys. I got that. I can do it. Let's go out and get it. Like Jake said, let's recruit the guys to do it and let's get it done. Let's, let's get the growth train growing. Very cool. Oh Mike Stradamus dropping yeah. some sayings on us. Oh, awesome. I had to think about it, man, because I, I know so many people in this industry and I've watched them all succeed and struggle and what it's done to, you know, their family lives and their, their, their business relationships. And well, it is, takes a toll. 
Yeah, it does. It does take 100%. a hundred percent. You know, yeah. it, it's funny too because we, Jeremy and I, have friends that we know that like we see how much stress they're putting themselves under, and, and yeah. like it, just to to grow and to keep up with their growth that you know they've already made this leap and now they gotta do all the stuff that comes with that leap. It's it's tough. Like I keep telling everybody the same thing you said. Grow slow and deliberate. Only take on a little more each year that you know you can handle. If yeah. if you like I'm right at my max this year and I'm kind of stressed because I'm taking I'm contemplating taking one property on as a favor that is so against every rule I've had for the, you know, since I started this company. And I just don't lie. I don't like it. It's not going to sit well with me. It's going to keep me up nights all winter, but it's, I'm a pay it forward kind of person. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I feel bad for these people, so I might help them out. But other than that, I mean, we baby steps every year, yeah. grow deliberately. Your only true competition is bankruptcy. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's really your own, well, your only yourself. true competition Mentally. is death, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, my, my biggest problem is I, I don't delegate very well. I try. I think I get better, but I just don't trust people. <laughs> I, yeah. Jeremy, you know what happens? Like you trust somebody years. once and they let you down. You never trust anybody else. Yeah. Right. Right. I think we all struggle with that throughout the years. I've had 100%. to learn to though. I, otherwise I couldn't have kept up with the growth if I didn't have to find a way to delegate and trust and, you know, train guys up and have a right hand. I wouldn't have been able to keep up with, the growth that we have. I mean, there's no way you can do it all. It's just hundred percent. Jake, there's a lot of conversations with me, you and a few other employees that are still here and have moved on that. I remember over the years that we were the guys that just, we were the get it done guys. If no one else was going to do it, we were going to do it. If they weren't going to do it right, we were going to do it. And you're right. As soon as you take a backseat to that mentality and you realize that you do get to delegate so that you can grow yourself, that that's the biggest. Mike, it, Mike, it goes to show, I mean, we're still here. Yeah. Not, not many are that those conversations happened with. And I think if we didn't learn to delegate and learn to grow with the, the curve and the growth here, we wouldn't have lasted either. Right? right. And a lot of people can't deal with that stress and can't deal with that phone being on 24 seven and being out there around the clock, three, four days. Like you said, it's not for everyone, but you've got to learn how to not be out there for four yeah. or five days straight and have yep. people you can trust or you won't be able to keep up with it. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a great point. All right. You guys, boys got anything else? No. Any shout outs to anybody at the uh, company there? Jake, you want to rattle off your list? My shout outs. Yeah. Anybody uh, at the company you want to acknowledge? Yeah. I'm going to shout out my area manager, Ross Roberge. And I'm going to shout out my two ops managers, uh, Jamie Foster and Leon Bean. It kind of perfectly, like we said, you can't do it alone. Um, and without those guys, I couldn't do what I do. So Beautiful. Nice. What about you, Mike? I'm definitely going to give an, a shout out to my area manager, Ron Nestor. He's been, he's been a really big help with me this year, transitioning into an, a, an account manager role, per se. And our operations manager, our senior operations manager, Kevin Gashora, he's... I'm dying to get him on here, but he's terrified of being in the spotlight. And yes, I'm happy to say that on this uh, podcast forum. But uh, yeah, no, he he is a get it done kind of guy, and you know he he drives everybody forward with quality, with a positive mentality. And a lot of the times, you know, he he kind of keeps the ball rolling when a lot of guys would just drop it, and it's it's hard to find guys like that. And then 
you know, the, the other account manager that I'm fortunate to work with, Nicole DeSimone, she's been great this year trying to keep ourselves kind of on the ball with what our clients need and what they're thinking about next. And uh, our shop team, uh, Justin, or not Justin, uh, Joel, Charlie, and uh, and Johnny, the fantastic without those guys, uh, our mowing team, our snow team, they wouldn't be able to uh, keep moving for sure. Do you miss anybody? That was so. like, uh, you said you got 400 employees. That, that was about 390 guys. So did you get, you get a, you forgot like a couple of people. Just a couple. <laughs> oh, just I don't know, kidding. Mikey. It sounded like you missed a guy named Justin. It's weird. I heard, I heard the name Justin. Mm. There's a lot of people with a J in the shop. In the shop. <laughs> All right. All right, boys. Well, listen. I think we're going to wrap it there. That uh, That's going to do it for episode 40. 40 episodes of the main show. I think we're up to like 70, 71, 72 total. I don't know. It just keeps Been going. good. Been good. But Jeremy and I want to thank Mike and Jake for coming on with us tonight. Also, a huge thank you to the entire Outdoor Pride team, from the top management down to the guys who get it done on the ground daily. You guys have all been amazing, you know, supporting the show, and we can't thank you guys all enough for for what you're doing for us. And uh, thanks, as always, to the guys out there in Snow Jobs Nation for all your continued loyalty and listens. You guys are absolutely the best. And uh, we are out. We will see you guys next week. I got some editing to do now because of all these Internet glitches. (laughs) So we'll see how this turns out. Can you guys be safe? What's that? Get your merch. Where you? Yeah, there you go. Merch Get that second button. time today. Buy the merch. Buy the merch. <laughs> Get your five-star review. Follow. You know, all the, all good the stuff. stuff he wants. Just Hell make man. him happy. Oh, Somebody man. Should. You guys are the <laughs> You guys are the best. We are out. Be safe out there. Keep pushing.